0: Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. We watch three episodes of something a week and yak about it. We're doing this as a first impressions discussion that can continue in the Discord chat for the show. Link in the show notes. I'll then read and share the best takes on next week's show. Also, another way you can uh, drop hot takes is is on Twitter, at audio underscore d. In this episode, we're going to have a discussion about the boys, and maybe Yuri on Ice. I'm your host, TJ. Let's do this thing. Uh, First up is boys episode one. I'm late to the party on this. I think they're on season two right now, but I heard a lot of good things about it. People have been asking me to talk about this on uh, Tumblr where I used to have an audio blog where I did this there, but Tumblr is not the place for podcasts. The Homelander memes just got too funny. King Vader put out a video with like the Homelander joke in it and I was, it. I wanna get all these memes. I'm also really big into superheroes. So I was like all right let's do this. So when the episode first started and you kind of get uh, an introduction to these heroes. So the whole show after watching one episode reminds me a lot of Watchmen and the Evil Justice League which is called the Crime Syndicate. Like they're on a different earth. I think they're Earth 3. They show up a lot in the animated DC properties but the one that pops up in in my brain is the Brave and the Bold where the Red Hood which is Joker who's a good guy in that world Help save the day. I believe it was the Brave and the Bold. It might have been the Justice League Unlimited show. I'm not quite sure. I have to go back and check. I say Watchmen because this is late stage capitalism superheroes and I like it. I think this is the grittiest that we can go with superheroes I think. I don't want to see anything grittier than this and I'm sure it exists. I'm sure there are like image comics where it gets grittier. This is where I'm happy that it stays just because like I'm a big light happy person. The realism is cool and now DC as a brand will have to lighten up its movies. There's no way in hell That DC Comics is going to go, we have to go darker. And it's like, because if you do, you're going to just be the boys. You know, you don't want to just do something else again. Even though, looking at their slate of movies, how they came out, it kind of looked like they were going for a uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe thing. And why not? That shit prints money. And it would actually really work with the DC catalog. They just didn't do it, right? Anyway, let's talk about the boy. I noticed that the special effects were really awesome. At the very beginning, we get introduced to all the heroes. Madam Maeve, or whatever, Lady Maeve or something, I think is her name. She's Wonder Woman, essentially, gets hit by an armored car, and it was the coolest shot that I've seen in a long time of anything. They get really sexy with their cinematography, and I heard that this was a graphic novel, and I'm wondering if these were shots taken out of the comic, because a lot of times, comic book artists have more fun i think with character layouts and cool shots stuff like huey is that his name huey or howie let's call him huey huey's girlfriend getting hit by a train and turning into just gore all over him in slow motion was something that's gonna stick with me just because of how it was shot that was fantastic it was a great idea to have that go that way huey by the way he works at an electronics store and he's the most average person on planet earth and i say that in a good way they don't try to make him overly quirky which i think is a lot of people's with the Peter Parker in the um, Amazing Spider-Man movies. Everybody tries to copy like Joss Whedon's writing style. I didn't get that from him. I got from him, normal dude. Just going about his business. And he had a girlfriend. I say had because I just mentioned earlier, she got hit by A-Train. Not the A-Train on Broadway, but a hero named A-Train, which immediately, if you're a wrestling fan, and I am, conjures up visions of Albert. Enough about wrestling. What am I doing? Huey's girlfriend's dead. She turned into paste right in front of him. This messes him up. I think they do a really good job of showing trauma and panic, and anxiety, and flashbacks, and stuff like that, very well. They do an amazing job with that. Um, so real, though, that if you probably have a problem with that kind of thing, and it's something that really, really affects you, maybe skip this show. There's a lot of things in this show that are like, maybe this show is not for you. It's a good show, but it's not necessarily for everyone. Your little brother that's really into Spider-Man, and he's like eight, not for him absolutely not. Do not do it. <laughs> they do a thoughts and prayers situation with Adrian when he has a press conference where he's like, my bad. In the moment, he looked panicked and he said, sorry, I can't stop. I can't stop. I don't know. A hero running in to stop an armed robbery, which is what he said he was doing, wouldn't sound that panicked. You're a trained hero. You've dealt with stuff like this before. Also, we got the, the robbery earlier. They explain to you what kind of world this is very quickly. We get that this is a corporate owned superhero team that, yeah, you can have superheroes, but they're owned by corporations very quickly it's late stage capitalism very fast and you know what i'm cool with that it would have been boring if they strung us along too long with that premise i think that getting it out there in your pilot episodes a good way to keep people to go okay this is happening instead of dragging it along and along and then you telling your friend "No, no no it gets good after 60 episodes which is something i had with eureka 7 which is an anime about robots you know i watched it just because it was something in the background to watch while i did art i was bored by it personally until almost the end. Simon Pegg is here. The whole time I was watching Simon Pegg be Huey's dad, I was like, God damn it, this guy looks so familiar. Is that Simon Pegg? But he was speaking with an American accent and that alone was enough to make me go, no, that's not him, he looks different because he sounds different. Big fan of the Cornetto trilogy. He's hilarious and it's interesting to see him play like a straight role here. Apparently he's here because he had some stuff with the graphic novel or I'm not sure if he helped write the graphic novel or if he's really into the graphic novel. It's one of his favorite things and so there was a celebrity forward in the book or something. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, Again, that's something I have to research. I usually just come in here as a first impressions. We meet Starlight. She reminds me of Polaris from Alpha Flight who's ability i think it's polaris the one that she just gets bright her whole thing is that she can blind you which is incredible that's a really cool power i think that's a a power from uh, my hero academia as well but i'm not gonna spoil who does that in case you haven't seen that show it's a really cool anime Definitely give it a watch if you're into heroes. They did a good job of capitalizing on the superhero genre with that show. So much so that there's a bunch of shows that are trying to knock it off. Not One Punch Man. One Punch Man, I think, is more like The Boys than My Hero Academia. So if you want something that's a little bit more realistic and late-stage capitalism as an anime, One Punch Man is for you. And if you just want to sit back, relax, and watch a bunch of kids get injured, My Hero Academia is the show for you. Also, My Hero Academia does a great job with its characters. Like, you fall in love with all of them. You're like, I just want the best for them. But Starlight can blind you. And her whole thing is that she is the American dream, right? She, grown up in the middle, in the Midwest, her mom took her to Miss Hero pageants, which, gross. <laughs> Beauty pageants for kids like that are gross. They're always gross. It's something that people in the Midwest especially can relate to they i can see her audition tape being taken very well because she seems down to earth because she is she naturally is like that when she wins the contest to be the next member of the seven they're like yes lamplighter is the hero that stepped down and i'm feeling i'm feeling like he's the hero that was this universe's version of green lantern just because i'm imagining the older green lantern whose weakness was wood this show kind of reminds me a lot of the it's like a mixture of that episode that that the, the crime syndicate and the Justice Society. So we get introduced to another hero called The Deep and he's Aquaman. First of all, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, The Deep. I bet I know why they call you that. And I was really into him uh, appearance-wise in the first five minutes I saw him. I was like, wow, he is gorgeous. And then uh, he's a creep, Poor starlight. And she feels like she has to do what she has to do in order to get to her dream. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna come back from this. And I felt so bad for her that she had to go through that. Also, we learned that the invisible guy is a pervert because why wouldn't he be? He's invisible, right? He can go wherever he wants. The bathroom, though, he's not even in a stall. He's just kind of standing outside the bathroom, which is even more gross. We also see his uh, windang doodle. And I'm thinking, hey, you know, um, manscaping wouldn't be the worst thing that could happen to you. Maybe, just a little bit of manscaping. But yeah, he's gross. When poor Starlight's in the bathroom trying to get her shit together, she expects Madam Maeve or whatever her name is to be another woman in the situation. I know it sucks. I'm here for you, stuff like that. She's looking for a system moment and there's absolutely no system moment she just kind of is like clean yourself up you can't let them see you like this she understands this world and she's also probably been brought up in a really tough love society of amazons right it wasn't as sweet and nurturing as wonder woman's society of amazons but then again maybe wonder woman was nurtured because she's the daughter of the queen maybe this is what happens when you're just a foot soldier there's actually a bunch of amazons that leave their mascara and we get to see them in the dc universe kind of hanging out and doing their own thing and I really enjoy those characters. Huey's whole thing is he's having like panic attacks and he's having a hard time dealing with the death of his girlfriend and the fact that he's not going to get any justice about it. A lawyer was like hey uh, you want to sign this NDA and we'll give you $40,000 and I'm like $40,000 for somebody's life? That's fucking peanuts. You can sue a company and get more than that. So I understand why he was like go fuck yourself the first time but then a guy showed up His name is Billy Butcher. And the dude shows up and I'm like, oh, okay, that's this world's Punisher. Great, excellent. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of a DC equivalent to the Punisher. And I'm sure there is one, I'm just not. It's just not coming to me. He's like, no, I'm a Fed, but he has a British accent. Also, London Calling starts playing, and I know a lot of people think that's hokey, but honestly, when it starts playing, when he's about to fight, it pumped me up. I was like, fuck yeah, they're playing his theme song. Let's go. I know it's cheesy, but I'm really big into cheese, especially with superheroes. Like, the cheesier, the better, which is why I'm happy that the Marvel Universe is kind of going down a cheesy route. With a lot of the heroes and stuff, they're like, fuck it, here's a raccoon, and that's his talking tree. Apparently, there's a dirty, nasty nightclub where all the heroes go and do their dirtiness. Usually this is typically like the bad guys hang out. It's such a trope that it became like a gag for like a bunch of YouTube videos. They can always go and do what they want and be nasty and dirty and it's behind closed doors. Nobody gets to see what happens. Huey gets to see what A-Train really thought of the situation. It's just probably another day, another body for him. So he's laughing it up and having a good time to kind of get Huey to go along with his plan, which is, hey, plant this bug in the office, sign the fucking NDA, get the money and just use it as an end to plant a bug so that we can hear what they're doing and all that stuff. We start to know something's off with Butcher because he shows up with somebody else's car. And at first I'm like, okay, he's a fed. He commandeered this vehicle and he might need a vehicle that's not his in order to kind of be undercover and do this whole stings operation. I was kind of trying to rationalize it in my brain. No, he's the punisher. They did the perfect callback to the beginning of the episode where of course the invisible guy is in the bathroom and notices what's going on. The thing that fucked me up was... I thought that was a woman's bathroom. But fuck it. This is the future. Unisex bathrooms. Unless the invisible fucker asked for unisex bathroom so he could be a creep. I'm so glad he's dead. I couldn't stand his ass. Unless maybe he's not. Maybe he just got his heart shocked and he'll just kind of wake up again. There was a scene in this where a mayor or governor or whatever from another city was bartering with the corporation for one of their heroes to come to their city. Because look, our hero's not doing it. We really need a hero. And she's like, okay you have your demographics mostly black boom I got Nubian prince for you. First of all damn Nubian prince how you doing? Second of all I was like okay he's their Black Panther. Another thing I noticed was like this scene of them here is this character this is how much you're gonna pay for me and like auctioning him felt a lot like that auction scene in Get Out which gave me shivers down my spine. I was like oh this is gross and I think it's supposed to make you feel gross and make you and draw those parallels the exact same way Uh, and that's probably why they chose Nubian prince instead of like another hero and this guy's like look bring that price down or i'm going to blackmail you. And she's like, "Okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, by the way, here's an autographed picture from the Homelander. He's the only hero that's good. When all the heroes meet for like a meeting, a boardroom meeting, he's literally like the nicest guy and he tries his best to be good. Everybody is like, "Oh, all those other heroes are creeps, but Homelander, he's the best." Again, if you watch uh, My Hero Academia, he's All Might. He actually stands for something. No, 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 no. He's he is Chancellor Superman. And he's actually worse because he does this with a smile. He kills the the mayor or governor or whatever and his kid who has a fucking autographed picture of him who waves at him first and he waves back at the kid and then murders them in cold fucking blood. That's the end of the episode and they get you hooked. You're like, yo, I gotta come back and see what's gonna happen after that. Holy shit. Oh no. Not only is he not a good guy, he's the worst guy. How can you wave at a child and then murder him? What the fuck? So yeah, this is definitely something that, that got me hooked immediately that's a great way to end your first episode to get me to want to go oh shit what happens next love this episode the only thing I didn't like about it is a lot of things could fuck you up if you're not prepared to watch it and if you have issues also something that I do all the time is I visit does the dog die.com no non-spawn I'm not sponsored by them it's just something I love so much and use constantly for literally everything I watch because I got some stuff rattling around in my brain that I'm like maybe I don't want to watch that (laughs) definitely go and check out does the dog die.com to see if if shows are right for for you yuri on ice time yuri on ice is an interesting show it's a sports anime but it's not like any sports anime that i've ever seen yuri comes across to me as really creepy (laughs) i'm sure as time goes on i'm gonna grow to love him and this situation he's just a fanboy the problem is now that Victor is actually in his life and exists as a human being and not just an attainable goal to achieve. The episode starts with Victor winning and he won this big Grand Prix final. And everybody's like, Oh, you did great again. You're in your late 20s, so you're going to retire. And I'm like, Damn, sports are real. Usually, when you see a sport, like I only really kind of sort of follow basketball because my little brother still does. I kind of dropped out of it once I stopped playing it. Usually, in basketball, is once you get to like 30 or, you know, 35, they're like, Oh, you're going to hang it up? You're going to retire? And I'm like, Damn. But I guess you can't maintain that level of physicality for that long soccer's crazy you see how big a soccer field is and you have to run up and down a soccer field forever it's it's a bit crazy the titular yuri loses his placements so he's bummed down he's crying in the bathroom after calling his parents who are incredibly supportive of him. I would like to trade, please. (laughs) This looks great, like a healthy home life. He doesn't place. Apparently, he's a really good skater, though. He just, you know, isn't the best skater. Also, doesn't place and he goes home. And because he lives in such a small town, they peppered the airport, which this small town has a fucking airport in, like, welcome home, like, ice skater Yuri. It was probably just his manager that put up all the posters, but some of the people in town recognize him. Other people are like, oh, you're famous? Who are you again? (laughs) What's your name? What do you do? You get the urge, don't you know who I am? But not Yuri, Yuri doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want anybody to know he's out there. He just kind of wants to go home and sulk and be depressed in his room. When he does get home to the hot springs inn that his parents run, apparently it's the last one left in their town because, well, their town is kind of becoming a ghost town because their only attraction is bullshit. He wants to just kind of sulk and relax but his manager. is like, what the fuck? And also, like, <laughs> Yuri's weight comically fluctuates to kind of show, like, oh, he's so fat for a figure skater and stuff like that. This is how Yuri sees himself. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. <laughs> this is just the first episode i'm kind of looking everywhere for shit like oh what's this what does this mean symbolically i think it's his sister who's like so what are you gonna do with your life loser and he's like damn like she seems like the only person that's not really supportive of his dreams and it's like hey i'm the harsh cruel reality speaking of harsh cruel reality while yuri was in the bathroom he got the door kicked in by this russian prodigy who's all whose name is also yuri yuri is a common name in russia as well and he's like there doesn't need to be two yuris and this kid as soon as you see him you're like ah the blonde delinquent. There he is. I cannot wait until this kid gets humbled. He has cool ass sneakers though. I would love to know where those are. Um, but they call him the Russian punk. In ice skating, there's this kind of delinquent character and it's like, well, every anime needs one. So there he is. He's also like in the same like ice skating team, I guess, as Victor. But I think he's just kind of like, they came together because they're from Russia. So it was like, might as well, we might as well, we might as well travel together. Fuck it, right? Or he's his mentor. I'm not quite sure about the relationship. I think they mentioned it, but I was too uh, busy going, man, his kicks are fly though. He also goes and he's like, you know what? I need to loosen up and I need to go ice skating. He, he wasn't even there for his dog dying. So he kind of paid his respects. His dog was like a little poodle. And we learned in the airport that it's kind of creepy. He has a dog, the same dog that Victor has. And he named it the dog, Victor and it's like that's creepy bro but again if you look at your life there's probably somebody that you looked at the same way that yuri looks at victor right like for me as a kid it was probably like jeff hardy right the wrestler like i was look i always looked up to him i had a huge poster of him or seamus like i have so much seamus memorabilia you know i'm sure if i met them in real life or became a peer of theirs it would creep them out how much you know that i was into them (laughs) But, you know that's what happens when you reach a certain level of stardom. There are people who feel that way about YouTubers. It's creepy but only because he works with him he still kind of is obsessed with him. You know I don't know it's weird. Maybe I'm just looking too much into it. I just think naming the dog Victor is a little too far. Yuri goes to the ice skating rink in his town copies move for move Yuri's a prior performance of Yuri's and it's spectacular and the daughters of his friend recorded him and put it online. It went viral, it blew up, and it got so popular that Victor himself showed up in Yuri's town staying at his inn and is like, yo, what's up? I'm gonna be your mentor. That would freak me the fuck out, but I don't know. It just seems like the thing to do. Usually like when somebody blows up and gets viral based on something, they usually get a message or they get a meet and greet with the celebrity. That usually is a thing that kind of happens. And it only usually happens once because you can't, you can't do it again. You don't want to set the precedent that every kid that does karaoke of you, let's say if you're Usher and you see a kid doing karaoke of you, not every kid doing karaoke of Usher is going to become the next Justin Bieber. You know, shoot your shot. It could happen once. He didn't shoot his shot on purpose, it was shot for him, and he's kind of doing this. Victor is in his hot springs, and this kid runs down the fucking hall and sees this dude naked in a hot spring, and Victor's like, I know what I'll do to make him comfortable. Stand up completely nude and greet him. (laughs) And then the episode ends, and I'm like, okay, now I'm into it. Because the whole episode, I had a hard time getting into it, but at the very end, when they kind of were like, okay, fun stuff's about to happen, and we're not just moping around with Yuri, I was like, yes, it's time, boy, it's time to get into the show proper. There's only 12 episodes. When are we gonna get shit started? Also, the OP is fucking awesome. The OP slaps hard. And also, you see Victor with long hair, and I was like, what's that about? Apparently, he had long hair in his youth. Another thing I noticed about Victor... Man, if you wanted to make a live-action Yuri on Ice, all you have to do is cast Mads Mikkelsen. I think that's kind of on purpose. I'm not sure. Because that Hannibal show, they're really hot and bothered by uh, the character of Hannibal. The ED just kind of shows you some fun stuff, and it just looks fun. I want to watch more of it, definitely. The end of the episode got hooked me, even though the rest of the episode didn't. That's it for this episode. At me on Twitter, at audio underscore D. Or, like I said, the Discord is open. The link is in the show notes. Definitely join up and chat with me. Tell me what you think about the shows or whatever. Things you like and didn't like about, I don't know, my review style or my discussion style. I don't really like to call these reviews. Thanks for hanging out.